My name is Colby. I'm the pastor here, and we're, we kind of operate in series when it comes to our, our messages. This series has really been a study over the book of Proverbs, which is part of the wisdom teaching, the wisdom literature in the Bible. It was written by the third king of the nation of Israel, King Solomon, and he really implores us, hey, go after wisdom. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, this has kind of been our theme verse where it says, wisdom is supreme. Like, it should be at the top of our list. And if, if it's at the top of his list, we should make it at the top of ours. Wisdom is supreme. So do whatever you can do to go and get it. Like, run after it. Go, like, write that check. Even if it costs you everything that you have, go and get some wisdom. And we desperately need wisdom. I don't know uh, if, if you feel the same way, but we live in a culture and a world where we're making some ridiculous kinds of decisions. And so Solomon would implore us, Go find wisdom. Now, wisdom is different than knowledge. Knowledge is, is knowing stuff, right? Wisdom is being able to apply the stuff that you know. And in fact, in Proverbs, if you've been kind of studying along or maybe you've done some reading on your own, the first chapters, one through chapter 10, really are this kind of, hey, this plea for going and getting wisdom, like doing everything that you can, here's why that you need it. But starting in chapter 10 and going through chapters 31, it's these one-liners, these kind of one uh, nugget kind of statements of, of wisdom. The Proverbs actually start in chapter 10, where it would say something about your marriage. Uh, and then another one would say something about, you know, your family or your finances or, or how you work or, you know, uh, some of your thought patterns, which we talked about uh, a week or so ago. And so it's kind of these one-liner statements. And what I've done over the last couple months really is categorize them, uh, catalog them in my own kind of mind and jotted some things down to where I could find the pillars or these themes, these threads that run throughout the Proverbs, and so today's topic, um, by the way, this is ending next week. We took a vote on what we're gonna talk about. Nobody wanted to talk about work, that's okay. I'm not mad at you. Uh, but, but next week, we're gonna talk about the tongue. We're gonna talk about our speech, how there's power of life and death in our tongue, and that, that it's important the way that we, that we use it to give life to those around us. Today, though, we're gonna talk about a topic that we just can't get away from. In fact, it's throughout this book, it's throughout God's word, the whole topic is on generosity. Um, and I think it's fun to show you this, some of these words that, that you find in the Bible, for, for example, uh, the word believe. You would think that would be a big idea, a big theme in God's word, and it really is. But the word believe happens about 272 times in scripture, or words like prayer, or, or praying. That's another, that would be a big topic, you know, a big theme in God's God's word, and it happens 371 times in the Bible. The word love, you would think that would be a big deal in God's word. We're to love one another, for God so loved the world. You, you think that happens all over the place, it does. 714 times, God talks about the way that we love each other and the word love, but get ready for this. The word give happens 2,161 times in God's word. You should know something, God is a giving kind of, of God. For God so loved the world that he, he gave, right? He gave what was most important to him, what was most valuable. We serve a God who loves to give. He's a generous God, and the more we become like God, the more generous we become, not the more greedy that we become. And for me, this is an easy topic to talk about. 
Because for those of you who, who love Jesus, like this part of you just starts to come alive inside of you. I don't, I don't think you have to push people into living generous kinds of life. I think you just have to show people how to do it. And so I, I get to do that today, to take some opportunity to remind us uh, of these principles and hopefully maybe to push you a little bit more towards generosity in your own life. And here's the verse that kind of stuck out to me. I want to read it from the message Translation, if you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 says, the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger, right? Gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. In other words, if you live this way, if you really take this to heart and you live this life of generosity, it, it increases your world. It just kind of opens you up. The world gets larger and larger. Now, what's interesting to me as you kind of study this in God's word Every single one of the times it mentions generosity uh, in the Bible, it doesn't mention it to, to motivate us to help someone because they need it. In other words, it never says, hey, you should be generous because of what it does for the person on the receiving end. It doesn't say that. In fact, it says you should be generous not for what it does for them, but what it does for you. This is all about what it does inside of you, the this difference that it makes inside of you. This is me wanting something for you, not something from you. You should be generous, the Bible says, because it has a significant impact in your life. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Now, it's just so we can all take a breath and relax, I'm not talking about your money today, okay? So you can rest easy, you're like, oh good. That's good, I don't have to worry about that. There are so many other ways for you to be generous. And there's so many benefits, so many byproducts of us living this way. I'm talking about today giving your life away in a, in a way that impacts other people. Winston Churchill said it this way, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And I think that's so true. I think that at the end of your end of your life, you're going to look back on not the, the stuff that you accumulated, right, but the, the way you lived your life, the stuff that you end up giving away. Mother Teresa, she said it this way, a life not lived for others is simply not a life. That's not a great life. And I would implore you to live this way because it makes your life better. It makes your life have meaning. It makes your life uh, have, have purpose. If you believe that, say a good amen, right? This is, this is the way that God has called us us to live. I'm calling this message, if you want a title, jot it down, living towards eternity. Living with the mind towards eternity. Living with, with eternity in, in focus. And the reason I'm excited about this is because, I, one, I can't wait to share these principles with you, but, but two, because I think we all need it. I think there's, for all of us, there's another step that we can take in our generosity, and I'm excited to show you some of the, the side effects, some of the byproducts of living this way. In fact, here's the first byproduct of generosity, write it down, is you become more happy. Like happiness is a side effect of living this way. Like God hardwired you to enjoy this. I don't know if you realize that or not, but, but he made it so when you were generous, you would love doing it. In fact, many of you know this if you're ever kind of pulled into your neighborhood and you've seen the, the little girls, you know, kind of with the lemonade stand out there. You know, they're selling lemonade for like a, uh, it used to be like a quarter or a nickel, right? Now it's like a buck or two bucks. I, mean, I saw a lemonade stand the other day, four fifty for a large lemonade. But you're driving through and like you stop, right? And you, you buy lemonade from that little girl and you see her face light up. Now you are never gonna drink it 
because you saw her pour it and she had her finger down in the cup and you're like, I'm not drinking that. You pull away, you dump it out the window, but that's not the point. Like that moment that you said, all right, here, here you go, here's a dollar, here's, here's $2 and her face lit up, right? You love that. And the thing is, God put that inside of you. He hardwired you so that when you did it, you would love being generous. Now, scientists have proven this. Scientists have proven the fact that, that when you're generous, it releases a chemical inside of your brain, right, and makes you experience this sensation of joy or sensation of pleasure, and I'm thinking, God did that. Like, God made it so that when you gave, when you were generous, you would feel that way. Our God is a great God. I love the way that he wired us. In fact, the Bible reflects this truth in Proverbs eleven twenty five says the generous will prosper. Now, real quick, prosper doesn't mean you're gonna make more money, right? I don't want you to think that. In fact, in this context, it means it's going to push you forward, that it will propel you forward in your life. If you ever feel like you're kind of lagging behind, if you ever feel like you're just kind of, you know, you know kind of, you know, like drawing back, he says, be generous and you'll prosper. Those who refresh others themselves will be refreshed. I love that verse. Here's another one in Proverbs 21, 26. Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly, and they just love to do it, right? The godly enjoy giving. There's something fun about it when we get an opportunity to do that. Now, I want to report on a few ways that you are generous as a church that maybe you don't know about. In fact, I don't know if you realize this, but every single Week, you know, we, we give a portion away, you know, beyond these walls to help people who are in need or help organizations, you know, that, that we kind of line up with some strategic partners that we have. And you might not realize this, uh, or, or maybe you do. In fact, every single week we say, if you're a first time guest here, take that Connect card, fill it out, and we'll donate. Right, in your honor to the Erie City Mission. Some of you heard it so many times. You can stand up here. And do it, right? But the reason we do that is, is to be generous in our community. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but over a year where we have 30, 40, 50, you know, first-time visitors every single week, what that's translated to so far this year is over $9,000 that we've given. Come on. And you should know that because it makes you feel good, right? Like you enjoy being a part of that. Uh, some of the, the disasters that have happened, like down at the Hurricane Florence, like we're, we're able to partner with Convoy of Hope, who's there still right now doing needs, and we've been, been given, uh, we've been able to give over $30,000 to Convoy of Hope. Like you've been able to do that. We do one for one in this church, which means that whoever walks through this door, like on any given weekend, we give a dollar away to a local or global need. Our heart really is to be generous, and so we've been able to help people right here in this house like get their lights turned back on, help them pay for rent, help them, you know, kind of build out their, their car so it could be, you know, handicap accessible, you know, for the vehicle that they, they have. We even help a family, you know, kind of bridge some gap, make some ends, ends meet, you know, while they're experiencing some health kind of difficulties. Like you have a part in that. So far we've given over $90,000 beyond these walls, right? That's amazing. And I tell you that, and I wish I could... I wish I could tell you all the ways you're being generous because you really are. I just can't find opportunities to explain it all to you. But we are a, a generous church and God wired us to be that way because he knew we would love it. Here's another side effect of our generosity. You become compassionate. Like generous people, you get this. Generous people, you are tuned in like to the needs of the people who are in need. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 29 
the righteous, they do what? They just care. Like you just care more, you just have compassion. They care about justice for the poor. Where you see injustice, you're like, what can we do about that? Like people who live this way, like what, how can I step in? How can I, I help? But the wicked, on the other hand, they have no such concern. And I thank God, by the way, for the, the capital C church. Because whenever there's a, a life-giving, kind of thriving church in place, man, it just makes uh, the community better. Like, I don't know if you realize this, but all the, all the help uh, down for... Uh, with the Hurricane Florence, or even last year, Irma and Harvey, most of the help, 80% of the help came from the local church. Like for most people, like when the church is involved, it's just better. And we have a heart to do that. Our heart really is to help people right where they are. In fact, just yesterday, we had a team of people, Kelsey told you a little bit about it, down at Denny's Laundromat, and we rolled up in the Dream Center truck, we fed them, we did 220 loads of laundry, just kinda like, here, here you go, how can we help? And I would encourage you, like, you can be a part of that. We do that every first Saturday of the month. We have another one in November, a big one coming in December I can't wait to tell you about, but that's really our heart. Maybe check it out and see if you, if you have this heart See if it makes sense for you uh, to be compassionate in our community. Why are we talking about this? Because it's wisdom. This is just a, a smart way for us to live. Proverbs 21, 13 says, if you don't do this, like if a man shuts his ears to the cries of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. It's just not a good idea. And Solomon says, hey, it's wisdom to live this way. So of course we will. The answer is always yes when we see a need. It's never a question, do we get involved? Here's another one. Another side effect of our generosity is that you'll be blessed. Now, this one I have to teach in balance because our, the Bible is clear. On many different uh, cases, it says if you live this way, you're gonna be blessed. If you are generous, you're, you're, gonna be, you're going to be blessed. However, that's never our motivation for generosity. Our motivation to give is never to get something in return. And I have a pet peeve uh, with this because there are those out there, there's some pastors, some people that will tell you, hey, if you give this amount, God's going to double it. Or if you give this, then, then you're gonna, this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen. And some of that might be true. However, that's never our motivation for it. We don't give to get. We give because first of all, what God did for us you know, and we wanna be givers in return. We give out of, out of God's love for us, but then because he loves us, like it gives us this heart to help others. He's given us a deep love for people. And so we have, have joy in our giving. And, and yes, we will be, be blessed, but here's the thing. Like, I don't think God has to do it. Like, he's already given us so much. It blows my mind that, that uh, he, he doesn't have to do it, but he wants to bless us. But it's always... Don't miss this, to be a blessing to others. It's never so that, that you can store it up. It's never so that you can hold on to it for yourself. In other words, right now, God is watching and he's seeing the way you're using what he's given you. And again, not just, just your money. And we're gonna talk about different ways that, that you can have generosity in your life. But he's watching you. And he says, you know what? I, I see the way that they're living. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless them more so they can, can keep on, on doing it. It's never... To, for us to hold on to. We're blessed, in other words, to be a blessing. Let me show it to you, Proverbs 22, nine says, blessed are those who are generous because they do something with it, because they feed the poor. 
Like, I, I'm making, I'm blessing you because I know you're not gonna hold on to it. You're gonna be a conduit for it to flow through you. Proverbs 28, 27, whoever gives to the poor, they're not gonna lack anything. Like, in other words, God's gonna see the way that you are, are living, and if you live this kind of way where you're helping those in need, you see a need and you fill a need, well, God's gonna go, well, I, I can bless them. I, I, I can give more to them so they can continue to give to others, but those who close their eyes to poverty actually will be cursed. So part of uh, us being generous, a side effect is, is that we'll be blessed, we'll be happy, we'll, we'll experience more compassion, um, and then here's the last one I wanna give you, and that is you'll be rewarded. Now this one does motivate me. This one I do get excited about because here's the reality. There's nothing on this planet that I want, that I need. There's nothing that this earth can give me that can permanently satisfy, but I unapologetically am living for the moment where I stand before God and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, that, that's it. Like, I don't care what the world has to offer me, but I'm living towards eternity for that moment because I know I'm gonna be held accountable for all that God has given me and the way that I've used it. Like, we're gonna stand before God one day and we're gonna be held accountable for all that he's blessed us with. And the Bible's clear that we will be rewarded. I, I don't know if you, you realize this, but you're gonna be held accountable. And I feel like I'm, I'm tremendously blessed, I really do. Like I get to be a pastor and a leader of the best church on planet earth, all right? I'm blessed that way, I'm just saying. Like you guys are amazing, I love this church. I feel blessed, I feel blessed to be an American, honestly, I feel, I feel like, wow, it's amazing. You know, I, I was born here and I just, I love that. I feel blessed because of that. But you should know you too. Like you're gonna stand before God one day and he's gonna see the way that you lived your life and what you've done with what he's given you you know, and the Bible says we will be rewarded based on that. Now, real quick, this is not, listen carefully, this is not a heaven or hell issue that I'm talking about. This is not that you can work your way to God. This is not that you can earn your salvation, that you can earn, you know, grace was given to us. It's a free gift, you know, that we just have to receive from God. So this is not, what I'm saying does not determine God's love for you, all right? However, there will be a judgment. There's two judgments coming in eternity. One is the heaven and hell issue, what did you do with Jesus? But the other one is called the bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. And this is what did you do with what I gave you? And God will reward us. The word reward is the Greek word apodidomai, which means pay you back. That God wants to pay you back for the way that you lived your life. So that judgment's coming. And by the way, I don't know what it'll look like. It, it might just be like this, this award ceremony where we're, we're all going to be there and we're just gonna celebrate people and what you did with what God gave you. So it could be like, hey, Johnny, Johnny fostered, you know, the, those, those kids forever. Wasn't that awesome? And we're all gonna go, yeah, 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 good job. I remember when you did that. That was amazing. It's gonna be that kind of thing, but you should know that that's coming. And again, it blows my mind that God would do that because he doesn't have to. God doesn't owe me anything. Like, I don't deserve anything. The fact that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for me was enough, but he says, I want to bless you and repay you for the way that you lived your life. Look at uh, uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 17. It talks about it. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord. Like, like it's on loan 
to God that God wants to repay you. If you help the poor, you're lending to the loan. I wonder how much would you give if you realize the fact that everything that you gave is on deposit? In other words, that God, you know, is kind of in our, our debt. This, this blows my mind that God sees, hey, whenever you, you did this, I'm keeping a record of it. And so I'm watching the way that you lived your life. He says, you know, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will, there's our word, repay you. He wants to pay you back. And I just need to make you aware there's gonna be this moment in every Christ follower's life where you're gonna stand before God and God's gonna examine not what you did with Jesus, that is the heaven or hell issue, but what you did with what he gave you. So can I urge you? Like, live this way. I mean, can I, can I push you towards living a life of generosity, towards living towards eternity? In fact, it's one of the last things that Jesus tells us in the Bible. If you have your Bibles in Revelation chapter 22, like whenever somebody has one more shot to tell you something, you should pay attention. And this is Jesus' kind of one more shot to, to give us some information. And he says, look, I'm coming soon and I'm bringing my rewards with me. In other words, he's so excited about sharing with you. He's so excited about you know, paying you, you back that he's not gonna wait for you to get there. He's bringing them with you and he's gonna bless you according to what you've done. He's gonna bless you according to your deeds. I think we should all live this way with our eyes towards eternity fixed on what's, what's to come because what we do for ourselves, it dies with us. But what we do for others, right, that, that lives on forever. And I'll show that to you. Psalm 112, verse 9 says there's this group of people who share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So what you do for you dies with you. But what you do for others, man, that's, that's going to live on. You're going to be remembered forever. They will have influence and they will have honor. Here's another one, 112 verse 5. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. And again, this is my one goal today. It's just to stir you maybe to, to living a little bit more this way, to living a little more of a life of generosity, like taking one little step to where you understand that your life is not about what you hold on to, but it's about what you give away. And here again, I'm not talking about money because I think there's this idea that, oh, I'll just, I'll just write a check. No, no, no. Like there are so many different ways you can give. That could be part of it. But there are so many other ways outside of your money that you can be generous. And I'm going to show you how right here. I love this. The Bible says it this way. I'm going to, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that you'll be made rich in every way. So it's not just your money. This is in your, in your encouragement maybe to others. It's in your, it could be in your family. You'll be made rich in your, your, your marriage. You'll be made rich in your work. You'll be made rich in your, your health, everything that you have to offer. God, why would you make me rich in that way? So that you can be generous on every occasion. So that you can use those riches, what he's given us, to be generous. And the result of that is that people will give thanksgiving to God. Like, because of your generosity and in, in using everything that God's made you rich with, like, it's going to move people and thank, have people thank God for all the ways that you've lived your life. I wanna get this question in your mind. God, what have you given that I can give away? 
What is it that you've given me that I can simply give away? And now some of the answers and the pushback would be, I don't have anything. I got nothing that you've given me I can give away. Well, I want to argue that because I think there are four practical things that we're gonna kind of go through these in rapid fire succession that you can be generous with. And the first is your time, jot that down. If we're honest, for most of us, our time is our most valuable commodity. Like our time is, is more valuable to us in many ways than, than our money. For those people that, that you know, are kind of on, the, on, on, on knocking on death's door, right? They never say, I wish I had more money. I wish I made more. I wish I did that. What do they always say? I wish I had more time. And that's the reality for us that time is our most valuable commodity. In fact, I want to, I want to honor some people. And when I'm done honoring them, I want you guys to, to help me honor them by giving them the best applause that you can because I know you want to. We have hundreds of people every single weekend who give up their time. Hundreds of people who give up their time to, to serve us, people parking cars in the parking lot, people that, that have a, you know, this, this gift of hospitality, making coffee, keeping us caffeinated, praise God for that, right? People watching our kids, people getting on their knees, asking your little ones what, what they can pray for them for, you know, this week, people sweeping up Cheerios, people checking to make sure we got toilet paper in the bathrooms, that's another one we need, thank you for that. Like we got people serving on cameras, on guitars, on drums, on video, on lights, they're called our serve team, and many of them sit one and serve one every single week. They sit one, they, they receive, they, they worship God, and then they take another opportunity, they turn into some superhero servers, and they come alongside and serve you. We have the best serve team on the planet. Can we now thank them all for the way that they serve? Come on, I know you want to, because they're amazing, they really are. Like many of them, many of you in this room, we have people that come Saturday evening and sit during our worship experience and then, and then serve both of these in the morning. I mean, they're just incredible. It's a way you can be generous is just giving up of your time. And I know you got things to do. I, I know you're busy. You're like me. If, you know, I have a honey-do list every single weekend of all the stuff my wife wants me to get done. Or maybe you gotta mow the grass or, or rake leaves, whatever it is. But you could say, you know what, I can, give up, I can give up a couple hours and go down and help with laundry. I can give up an hour on the weekend and, and, and serve somebody and create an opportunity for them to meet Jesus. And I wanna tell you something. If you do this, look, look into my eyes. You'll live towards eternity. Like you'll live with the end in mind. You'll live you know, with this generous heart. And when you do, like those byproducts will, will happen in your life. You'll be happier. You'll be more compassionate. You'll be blessed in many different ways. And I believe that with all my heart. Here's the second thing. Uh, the way you can be generous is through your talents. Now, again, I know some of you are thinking, I'm not very talented. I'm not talking about American Idol kind of talent, all right? Because you're right about that. I've heard some of you saying, all right, just saying, throwing that out there. But you are a genius at something. In fact, God has specifically, uniquely created and wired you to have an impact in some area of your life. It's called a, a spiritual gift. In fact, the word uh, in Ephesians is a, a, a grace. Uh, what it says is, but to each one of us, grace has been given. Now, that's not the free gift of grace that we receive, you know, when, when, when believing in Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins. That's not that kind of grace. This word it means charis. 
And this is a grace gift. This is, uh, in other words, a divine enablement that God has placed inside of you. And here's the thing, when you're operating in it, when you understand what your grace gift is, like, like it just makes sense to you. Like you know you're operating in it, you can do it well, and it's making an impact, it's making a difference for others. Every single one of you, you have this grace gift. Those who are in Christ, you have a, a charis, a grace gift, that God has placed inside of you. For some of you, maybe it's a, a grace gift to be loud and obnoxious and a yell from a platform like me, right? I can, this, I feel enabled to do that. It's fine with me, I don't mind. But for others of you, maybe it's, maybe it's this hospitality God has given you. You just have an unbelievably warm, inviting kind of, kind of uh, heart about you and people are just drawn to it. Maybe it's serving. You have a grace, a, a charis for, for serving and helping any way that you can like you all have it in fact that's what crash course really is about um and this is week one of crash course and i would encourage you if you haven't gone through it it's four weeks to help you discover like like what the heartbeat of this house is but also to discover uh like how god wired you we'll do some spiritual gift analysis some personality kind of testing and and you'll see hey where is it that i can have the greatest impact in fact our, our last round of crash course we have 40 people go through Crash Course, that's awesome, that are now plugged into where they can serve, where they can use this charis, this gift that God put inside of them to make a difference in people's lives. Some of you, you've gone through Crash Course and you've yet to make good on jumping in and serving. Let me just encourage you to use it. Use the talent that God gave you. Here's the third one, jot it down, it could be your touch. Reach out and touch someone, right? Your touch, what do you mean by touch? Here's what I mean, it could be as simple as pulling out your phone right now, and sending an encouraging text to someone. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. Hey, just want you to know I, I love you. Haven't forgotten you know you. I, I'm praying for you. I try to discipline myself every single weekend. I have some pastor friends that I'm in a uh, kind of in a network with, and I'll just pick up my phone. Hey, man, I just want you to know you are you're the man for the job today. That God has created you for this purpose. He's anointed you. You can walk out there in confidence and boldly declare God's word. I just want to lift them up, let them know that somebody went to uh, pray for them and intercede for them today. And you can do that. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a dime. It's not about your money. It doesn't even cost you that much time to do, right? You could do that in seconds. Hey, man, I love you. And here's what you'll find. It's amazing. Every time you do that, their response will be, you don't know Right, most times you don't even know what that means to me or how much I needed that today. So you can do it with your, with your touch, with your touch. In fact, let me, give them, uh, let me give you five different ways you can use your touch. One of them is your smile. Just smile. You know, like some of you need to practice smiling, just saying, just smile. Like leaving the parking lot today, just smile. You know, don't get angry, just kind of Smile, it's it's way that you can, can touch someone. You can do it through sympathizing, like coming alongside someone. Hey, what's going on? Tell me more. You know, how, how can I make it, how can I help? You know, what, what can I do? It's kind of just getting in their world and understanding what their experience is, just sympathizing with them. Another one is speaking up. That's, that's doing the text. And yes, they all start with S. That's kind of a preacher disease thing, right? You guys just gotta start with a certain letter. Speaking up, that's, that's sitting that text. Hey, hey, I want you to know I'm thinking about you. You know, I haven't forgotten you. Maybe it's a note, a handwritten note. Just jot it down, let them know. Another one is serving. Many of you do that. Uh, you already step up. The way we say it is find a need and fill it, right? Just, just get involved. Just make a difference. And then maybe it is a sacrifice. 
something that you go above and beyond, something that does actually cost you something. Like something that uh, King David said, you know what, I'm not gonna give an offering to God that doesn't cost me anything. So maybe, you know, God moves your heart to sacrifice for someone. So it's your time, your touch, your talent, and of course there is then your treasure. And you can be generous with your treasure. And I'm not talking about tithing, I'm just talking about, hey, maybe God moves you to give over and above to someone in need. Maybe today as you, you know, leave here and you decide, hey, where you're gonna go eat? Like, like you ask God, God, is this the server, you know, that you want me to bless in a big way? And you leave a, you leave a honking tip, you know what I'm talking about? Like you just bless the socks off of that person. Like if you go to Cheddar's, you go to Rubby Tuesday's, you go to, you go to B-dubs, wherever you go. Like you just bless them. And maybe it's not the person that God would have you bless, but you ask, is this, is this the one that you want me to bless? You know, and you just, you knock their socks off. You use your, your treasure. And here's the thing, you live like this, you live generously, you live with eternity in mind, you live towards the target, you live, you know, with the, the end in mind. Jesus says that when you do this, here's what happens. You give, you live this way, and it's gonna be given back to you. And you're gonna, you're gonna feel alive. You're gonna, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. It increases your, your capacity. You live this way, it'll be given to you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, right? It's gonna be poured out, not, not just into, into to their lap, but into, into your lap. You are generous too. It's gonna get poured back into you. And then I love this, this motivates me. For the measure, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. With the measure that you use. Like, come on God, if this is true, then I'm gonna do everything that I can. I'm gonna find out as many ways as I can in my life to live with the end in mind, to, to offer up my time, to offer up my talent, to offer up my treasure, to offer up my, my touch, if, if it's gonna be measured in the same way that I'm pouring out, then I'm in. I'm all in. In fact, this is the last statement I wanna give you when we live this way, kind of towards eternity. I realize my value isn't about what comes to me, but it's about what flows through me. At the end of your life, that well done, good and faithful servant has nothing to do with what you accumulated. It has nothing to do with what you held onto. It has nothing to do with what you collected. You know, what was, what was given to you, it has everything to do what spilled out from you. With what, what you are a conduit to work through you. You are blessed to be a blessing. Here's what I want us to do. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes. Listen, I wanna create an opportunity right now just for us to really answer one question. Am I living this way? If you're a follower of Jesus, are you really living this way? Or have you buried the very gift that God has given you and placed inside of you? Are you using it to its fullest to make a difference in other lives around you and people around you, to make a difference in our city, to make a difference in our community, maybe in our world? Or have you buried it and suppressed it and held it down? And guess what? The measure that you use is gonna be the measure that's used against you. Maybe it's your time. 
If you've been unwilling just to man, give up an hour, give up a couple hours to, to help someone in need. Maybe it's with your touch. You know that text needs to be sent. You know that note needs to be written. You know you need to reach out to your mom or your dad, whoever it is, just let them know you're thinking about them, praying for them. The measure that you use is the measure that's gonna be used against you. And then everyone in this room has this, this grace, if you're a follower of Jesus, this, this gift to make a difference. Are you living towards eternity? Now with every head bowed, every eyes closed, there are those of you, you haven't understood the fact that God is by nature a generous God. In fact, God is so generous that he gave what was most important to him, what was most valuable to him was his son, Jesus Christ. And the reason that he did it was because he didn't wanna do life without you. He, he wanted you to live this full life, this life of meaning, to you to get to that point where you could stand before him you know, and, and him say, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done living the life that I planned for you, living the life that I created you to live. Well done. Some of you are not on that path. Some of you are about as, about as far from that path as you can get. You feel as far from God right now as you ever have before. But I think you're here today to understand the fact that God so loves you, that he gave everything for you, and that he allowed Jesus to die on the cross for your sin because what I'm talking about right now is the heaven or hell issue. This is eternity because we're all gonna come to that place and God's gonna ask us, what did you do with Jesus? Did you believe that, that Jesus died for your sins so you wouldn't have to carry it, so you wouldn't have to, to pay for it in separation? Because God doesn't send anyone to hell, you should know that. He lets us decide what to do with Jesus. But the Bible says that if we believe Jesus died for our sin and we confess him as Lord, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved, that the Holy Spirit would come live inside of us, give us those, those gifts, those cares for us to, to live the best life possible, the best life that God has mapped out for us. And for some of you, this is why you're here. You've never begun that journey. You've never started your life with Jesus. And I'm gonna invite you to do that right now. The way we do that is through prayer, the way we do that is we, we understand and believe that, that Jesus died for all of our sin, past, present, and future, and the moment we confess him as Lord with our mouth, and we believe that in our heart that we will be saved. If you say, Colby, I'm gonna pray that with you. This is why I'm here today. Would you shoot your hand up? Just hold it up high, I wanna pray with you. And this is just, you're acknowledging before God, God, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. I need grace, I need to be rescued, awesome. Awesome, God bless all of you. You can put your hands down. Just say something like this, cry out to God, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I know I've gone my own way, forgive me. I repent, I turn from the life that I was living and I turn towards this new life in you. Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior and from this moment on I'm gonna follow you with everything I have in your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus into your life and accept him as Lord and Savior, we would love to know about it. You can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash yes, and there will be some practical next steps for you to take along this journey.
If you want to commit to fueling the mission and vision of this church to see people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, you can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash give.